Hello and welcome to Poll the Other One, a podcast where we find out if pole dancing can solve all of our problems. I'm your flagpole hazard, Shandoxy. And I'm standing at sea level enthusiast, Lulu Popplewell. Lulu, did you know that your last name is an anagram of Paul Wellpopple? What does, what does that mean? I think it's a sign from the universe that if you started pole dancing, you'd be really good. You would pole well, Popple. Okay, but it, it's also an anagram of wee plop lepple, which sounds more like a toilet cubicle. Well, on the long and winding road to greatness, people need to stop and have a wee. Thank you for believing in me. I do. Okay. believe in us <laughs> it's our brand sponsor for this episode that yes. i've chosen so every episode i choose a brand and hope that they will sponsor us retrospectively once we've plugged them uh this week i'm hoping for sponsorship from bang bang weasel the children's toy that's leaping off the shelves oh wow like a furby or yes but it explodes oh cool <laughs> yeah you can find it in all good um sh- shops can, can i buy one uh for i was gonna say my niece i don't have a niece but i'm gonna make one up can i can i buy one for my small relative you could buy one for my niece (laughs) uh yeah bang bang weasel well um yeah i mean it's it's four months and up four months and up yeah to deal with the explosion yes yeah that's the age at which they can handle it (laughs) um is it an intentionally innuendo like bang bang weasel or is that it's just the explosions there's nothing horny about this contraption oh they're they're defective they were never meant to explode That sounds like a perfect fit for us, and we should turn up at their offices naked first thing next Monday. But before that, let's meet our guest. Lucy is a pole dancer and an anthropologist. Before we ask you some really well-researched questions like, what is an anthropologist? (laughs) Let's get to know you a little bit. Lucy, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Uh, brilliant. Thank oh, you so no much. No one asks us yeah. that. I know, you're the first person who's given a shit. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> um, really well, thank you. Yeah, really good. <laughs> nice to be asked. Good. <laughs> what have you been busy with so far in 2022? Oh, 2022. Can't even remember the start of it anymore. That's fine, it's September. Um, so. Yeah, it's been, it's been quite a long time. <laughs> I have started a new job, which has been really fun. And I've actually, in pole dance terms, tried four new places uh, to start doing it again. Amazing. Ranked in order, if that's possible. Uh, That feels a bit sad. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, as I was saying that, I was like, Shan, why are you putting that on the show? It's a really, like, supportive show. So, Lucy, we have some quick fire questions as the most efficient way to understand you as a person. Lulu has a list of random words to choose from. Don't overthink it. Just pick the word you prefer, after which we'll give you a personality assessment. Let's go. You ready? Yeah. Meek or beak? Beak. Ace or base? 
Base. Tulip or bootlick? Tulip. End or friend? Friend. Crust or lust? Oh, lust. Bacon or bacon, comma, Francis? Francis. Duke or fluke? Fluke. Mustard or custard? Oh, custard. Mother or brother? Brother. Brother or lover? Lover. Interesting. A lot of Freudian work to be done in there. <laughs> Great, that's it. Lulu, based Amazing. on those answers, have we got a clear profile of Lucy? Uh, this person was built to be a politician. <laughs> oh, no. That's what, the, that's what the AI is saying. <laughs> Sorry. Lucy, a couple more quickfire questions for you. Question one. Which fictional character would you most like to see pole dancing? Oh... I want to say Gandalf. Gandalf? Yeah. The grey or the white? Oh, the grey. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, old OG. OG Gandalf. <laughs> Is that because, based on having a staff, you think he's already qualified? I also think he could do a lot of, like, flashes and bangs and a lot of fancy stuff. And I can imagine his beard and his hair flowing very beautifully if he was doing a lot of spinny pole. Well, if it's flashes and bangs you like, can I recommend the Bang Bang <laughs> Weasel available in all good shops? You've already sold it to me. <laughs> I have to keep selling it to the listener, though, if we're going to get our money. And which fictional character would you like to pole dance for? Oh, that is a very good question. Frodo. Oh, (laughs) not sure about that. Um, Don't know why they just popped into my head, but they did. Nurse Ratchet. Okay. I don't know if that's a really weird choice, but that could tell you something about my psyche. I like that a lot Mm. because it's sort of like breaking down someone who's quite sort of Mm. like... Uptight. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What kind of dance do you think that she would go for? Like what would connect with her? I think a lot of eye contact. Mm. A lot of like slow moving eye contact. I mean, I reckon I could break her. I want to see this. (laughs) Honestly, if no one's commissioning this, that is a crime. Just trying to think of a pun for one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but it was, if my face looked like unhappy and constipated, that's I have, I've got nothing. Oh no, worries. I actually I have a Gandalf pole dancing in the back of my head. Yeah, so. no, we're just constantly on search for wordplay. <laughs> really, really gets in the way of our actual Doing conversation. Show. Yeah. So, Lucy, this question is a little bit more personal. Firstly, do you remember the first time you tried pole dancing? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I know nothing about pole dancing. Okay. I'm I'm completely uninitiated. So um, can you please tell me about the first time you tried pole dancing? But can you do it in a style uh, as though you were reading us a children's bedtime story? Okay. Once upon a time, in a land not very far away, because it was where I was, um, <laughs> there was me looking online for some fun queer dance lessons typing into the miss what is queer daddy what's queer oh my god why did I why did I open that and like you went for miss and I went for daddy (laughs) I like that I feel like that's very gender affirming (laughs) so yes sorry so the 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 lead of our story was looking online yes and they were exploring different options and then stumbled across a beautiful class called Queer Pole. Very inventive, very creative. (laughs) Um, And so this person decided that it would be an amazing use of time to go. It was slightly terrifying. The place in question from the outside did not look anything like you would expect a typical pole dancing studio to look. Daddy, what would a typical pole dancing studio look like? 
Um, I think a typical pole dancing studio, especially if they're commercial, would look, they're normally like integrated into other buildings because, you know. I don't recognise this language from fairy tales at all. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy, you've gone really off piece tonight. Um, It is a, a magical place with quite clinical looking surroundings sometimes. Uh, They have very, very tall doors and very high ceilings and normally white walls so you can wipe everything nice and clean. (laughs) (laughs) Not to imply that anything untoward goes on in pole dance classes. It definitely does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking as a five-year-old, what happened next? The lead of the story was very, uh, what's the word? Trepidatious is not a word, is it? Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. Was (laughs) it is? Don't look at me like that, is it? Yeah, it can be. I was like, don't lie. I'm not lying. I'm a child. I can't. Okay. Oh, I think children can definitely lie. (laughs) They definitely do regularly. Well, the character was feeling very trepidatious um, as they knocked on the front door, knocking on the incorrect front door and inspiring some dogs to bark. (laughs) Uh, Then eventually they made it round through all of the scary obstacles, the bikes and the garden door and found a lovely space full of very happy, colourful smiles people and yeah that's that's the end it was amazing can it I give was a beautiful can I give a brief translation of this? yes Lucy and I used to take pole dancing classes in the back <laughs> of a shed <laughs> <laughs> that is a great translation yeah that is accurate that is what happened <laughs> we have so many questions for you about life both as a pole dancer and an anthropologist but so we're starting at the very beginning what is an anthropology an anthropology or an anthropologist is a shop. someone yeah it is anthropology or however yeah. you say it when it's the shop it just sounds like they are stalking fancy. the bang bang weasel oh. yes should you wish to buy one or mm. le bang bang weasel <laughs> it's not a french shop oh is it not Oops. is it not anthropology anthropology i thought it spelled oh i think that's just for pretentiousness oh uh, yeah i don't I think mean, it's such in the same oh. way that pret-a-manger isn't french <laughs> i could be i could be i'm not gonna die on this hill i don't i don't i don't know i'm just here to plug the bang bang weasel <laughs> as you were bong bong weasel so um, basically they look into anything humans do think feel create um, and it can be anything uh, from looking at there's some work done on the agency of cigarettes in prisons to more traditional stuff that now for some reason I can't think of there's lots of very traditional anthropology and other and other and uh, other. Sorry to be really basic, but does it include things like looking at cave paintings and looking at civilizations evolving, looking at archaeology to include all of that? As yeah, well? it definitely can do. I think it depends on the type of anthropology. That's not the type that I've ever really explored that much, except when I had to. Um, <laughs> what I tend to do and what I've looked at is a lot more modern. What you would call, I guess, there's a debate in anthropology as to whether you should be an insider or an outsider to best critically assess and understand what's going on under the surface of a 
society or a group. And I personally like doing it from the inside. Like a spy. That sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> a mole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a mole, weasel, you could say. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could. Can I ask a really stupid question then? So if it's about human behaviour, how is it different from sociology? So sociology generally looks at um, macro trends. It will use a lot more quantitative data um, to look at overarching like changes and trends in society. Um, and anthropology... There is a lot of debate, as there always is with academic stuff. So much annoying nuance. Mm. But basically, anthropology is more generally to do with um, the really granular details of people's lives um, and lived experience and doing qualitative research. Anecdotal, kind of, yeah. Yeah, anecdotal. Some anthropologists will spend years working with specific groups of people and they'll have, like, hours and hours and hours of conversation that they make loads of notes on um, and they also look at behaviour and group dynamics and things like that. Have you started doing an anthropology study of pole dancers? Yes, yeah. Cool. Can you tell us about it? Say more things. Okay. <laughs> so that was actually what I did my master's dissertation on. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I loved it. It was amazing. There's actually not very much written from many academic perspectives about pole dance, um, but especially not from an anthropology perspective. Basically, I decided I wanted to do it because I fell in love with this thing and on the surface it just seems like a leisure activity. Well, it's obviously a leisure activity if you're going to classes, but it can be like the, you know, some people's working environment and things like that. So I wanted to go a little bit deeper and understand kind of very similarly to what you're doing in this podcast, understand what it means to people um, and what it can do for the world and what it can do for individuals as well. What were your key findings? This key findings. Basically going to render the podcast. I know. Like, <laughs> pointless. Going to sum up the entire series now. Um, um, save us some time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, my key findings were definitely, I would say, to do with... Under, like using it to understand yourself and the multiple identities that you hold and your different experiences of a being in a body or as a body. Um, so I looked at phenomenological perspectives and the experience of people in their bodies, particularly people who identified as queer and how they felt that pole dance could help them undo uh, years of social narratives that were constricting the way that they were moving at a very like material level as well as psychologically and emotionally. One of my favourite findings, I think, was the power of pain. So there's a lot of anthropology written but on pain, um, but there's a particular... I'm going to have to fact-check myself on this and Google who it is. I think it's Wakwant, um, and he talks about boxing as the theatre of bruising. Whoa. And basically talks about how how the body is explored and expressed and put under stress in these situations and how boxers come to see their bruises and their pain as like a gift. Um, and I kind of applied that to pole alongside another lens to do with embodiment where philosophers talk about something called the absent body. So the bit within your body that's really... Uh, deep down and not drawn out so you know when you do things like mindfulness and you deliberately like try and bring your awareness to certain areas of the body so this is 
like that, but on a philosophical level. Can I pause you for a second? Yes. If you were, hypothetically speaking, say, an exploding weasel, <laughs> would Thank Paul you. give you a framework to understand yourself and your sense of embodiment, do you think? Absolutely, oh. I think. <laughs> How? I don't know, I'm just thinking, like, if you were, like, hanging on the pole and then you were exploding, you'd just have, like, sporadic movements mm. and, like, fun ups and downs. I would pay to see that. Yeah. And I would pay for a bang-bang weasel. <laughs> Um, just interesting what you were saying about what it, can, what it teaches people about themselves. Mm. Um, has it taught you anything about yourself? Yeah, 100%. So much about myself. So a lot about my body and a lot about my like psychological, emotional well-being. I think one of the things it really taught me to do is to embrace gender differences uh, in myself. I was very good at you know supporting other people but never very good at supporting myself in the same way that a lot of people experience their like mental health difficulties you can give advice but you can't take your own advice um, and it taught me to take my own advice I think little things like in pole you need some squish you need the squish to do the dance and it doesn't matter if that squish is like skin or fat or anything you just need a little bit of squish to hold on to the pole and so it taught me to like love and respect my squishy bits um, which I found a little bit difficult beforehand and I also felt it was really therapeutic to be in a space where I could explore what my body could do and I think a lot of the people that I spoke to also felt this, that for one reason or another, they'd been restricted in the types of movement they felt they were allowed to express and explore. Um, and something for me that I found really difficult was strength moves. And I still find them difficult. I love doing the slinky, sexy stuff and I'll never stop doing that side of it because I just love it and I think it feels so good. Um, but I also think it taught me to like celebrate the bits of me that are stronger and therefore in my mind that translated to you know the very basic like strength is more masculine and I now like the strength bits so I'm enjoying the more masculine aspects of myself that's so interesting I love and that. being there and being super hairy I was like this is great no one cares no <laughs> one cares about my legs and my genitals and my armpits being super hairy <laughs> okay, so one of my big fears um, about ever trying pole is just like everything popping out. Um, oh my God, I have a great story about that. Please. I am not very adept at social media-y things. I got Instagram very late in the game. And the first story I ever posted was intent. Yeah, Sean's laughing because it's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. Um, I was at home and I had my pole up at home and I was doing some pole dancing. And I always record myself because it's nice to track back and look at what you think you want to do better or differently, um, or to see how you've improved. Um, and so I was recording myself, and there was just a couple of funny moments where I kept like dropping the camera on my face and on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'm going to upload it as a, like a cute little couple second reel onto um, my Instagram story. So I did this and I did notice that there were loads of little like dots like coming off from the same thing. You know, when it says like the reel. Oh, but you I just know. thought you've done the whole thing. Yep. Oh, yep. no. <laughs> so, oh, my sweet summer yeah, child. I know. <laughs> so I thought I had just and I watched it and it was just that clip. And I was like, cool, post, fine. Didn't think about it. And then I got a couple of messages from friends being like, wow, like... You're that so was, brave. Yeah, literally, I think brave was mentioned more than once. 
And I was like, oh. Brave is a synonym yeah, for naked. That's, yeah, that's a weird word. So then I went back and I saw it. And honestly, my head was in my hands the whole time. I had done the, I'd videoed the whole thing. I had posted the whole thing, including um, straddle poses. And I wasn't really wearing that much because I wasn't intending these videos to go anywhere. So I was wearing like a very loose, old play suit Can thing. we explain what a straddle is? Oh yeah, basically just legs wide open and one leg normally against the pole. So, so in this particular moment, I was... Like, if you imagine, like, juddering, like, not smoothly <laughs> down the pole because I was like, oh, this really hasn't gone to plan, so I'm just going to get off the pole very ele- inelegantly, yeah. like, bit sweaty, bit sticky, just, like, down the pole. Juddering like the bang-bang weasel does right before it explodes. Exactly, exactly. Basically, legs splayed, having a great time, and, yeah, I looked back at the video and... I zoomed in on a certain part and I was like, oh my fuck. <laughs> Literally everything, everything was completely on show. So that was fun. That was my first experience of Instagram. Wow. Did you delete the video? Uh, yeah, I did actually. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. But you didn't get flagged by Instagram? No, I didn't. Okay. No, I thought that maybe I would have, but no, maybe they could see from the total amateurism that it was a mistake. (laughs) My experience with pole dancing is it gets to the point where no one cares. Like, you know, if you have inverted genitals, if like a bit of a lip falls out, if like nipples just kind of make a bid for freedom, etc. Do you feel like you're at that point yet? In pole dance classes? Of not caring. Oh, yeah. No. No, not I feel caring. like the, there is a difference between classes and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, yeah the public platform is maybe not the ideal moment for Control some how that's to fall out. Received, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In terms of your own enjoyment, when you're in a pole dancing class, can you switch off completely from anthropology brain or are you always kind of inhabiting two sets of thinking about it? I think... That for me, that is just life at the moment. Um, I think I, I can't, I always have the two brains. Regardless, if my partner's telling me a story about work, half of my brain will be like, oh, that's an interesting ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow. half of it will be just like having a nice conversation um, or boring because sometimes <laughs> they are boring. <laughs> and yeah, so in pole dance classes, I think I found it easier now. Because I let my brain have like full, my anthropology brain have like full reign over it for a while, I now find it easier to separate. Um, And a lot of people think, so actually some people said to me before I started writing on it, and I also am planning to apply for a PhD along similar lines and from similar ideas that I got from my master's dissertation. I now find it a lot easier um, to switch off that part of my brain and just have like pure joy Um, and that is something I found really interesting reflecting on myself about pole loads of people told me not to do it on something I loved so much because they said I would ruin it for myself and that just absolutely hasn't happened Mm. because it's two totally different for me it's two totally different things and I still wasn't bored even when I finished it I can still I could still write a whole nother I, I felt like I couldn't fit it all into one piece of work and I could definitely write loads more on it but 
It is a risk, though, isn't it? I guess because it could go one or two ways. It's like you either strengthen your love of something, or you like, I guess, see how the sausage is made, and it can kind mm. of put you off it. So. Yeah, I think that definitely could happen. For me, it didn't feel like a risk because of the difference between like academic thinking and posturing and actually being in my body and doing it. So to me, they were quite separate from the beginning because one is analysis and like cerebral stuff and the other is like actually like being in it and feeling feeling the burn and feeling like the the joy and the energy. Did it make you enjoy pole more? I think it made me enjoy it in a more complicated way. So I don't know whether it would be more. It definitely wasn't less. But Paul just... dancing famously uncomplicated. <laughs> <laughs> just to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Woo, I'm spinning. Ow, I'm <laughs> shaving off my skin. My legs are not what? in the right order anymore. G- yeah. Bear in mind, I have no frame of reference for any of this. I Shit, your skin comes off. Yeah. yeah. I actually wrote a bit of my dissertation about that, which I really want to study more of. Basically, the idea of like community in a space where your skin, if you're using the same pole as other people, then your skin literally becomes like amalgamated on the pole. Well, that sounds like a hygiene nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you have alcohol rub. It's fine. It gets rid of all of that. (laughs) Doesn't sound very COVID safe. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no, it sounds charming. What what were you saying? It brings you joy and your skin comes off. Yes, exactly. That is a perfect summary. Okay, great. So um, speaking about anthropology, going back to like cave people, right? If a cave person was like going out to hunt a wildebeest with a spear and while they were waiting, they like leaned onto that spear and walked around it and did a little sexy twirl. Does that technically count as pole dancing? Oh, that is a very interesting question. I would say, yeah. Something for your PhD. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really cool stuff in pole dancing with people like pushing the boundaries of what it is and experimenting. Like when you like unhook the bottom of the pole. Flying so pole. Yes. Mm, terrifying. Yes. Terrifying. <laughs> Incredible. Who knows? Anything can be pole. As long as there's a, a shiny stick or some kind of vaguely shiny stick involved. When does it just become having a wank when it's a dull stick (laughs) when the stick don't shine when the stick don't shine yeah when the stick don't shine lucy if you could put a pole dancer into any situation to see how it changed people's behavior what would you choose oh is it really rogue to say a school no that's great because i think like what age group are we talking Mm. i would say like fairly young because there's an innocence in there's such a debate in poll of whether it's inherently sexualized and i think that would be really interesting to see people's reactions well the reason we asked that last question is because lucy we need your help with a challenge i honestly believe that pole dancing can improve everything for everyone no matter who they are or what they do for a living and to test that theory we're going to do a sketch where lulu is going to play my boss I will be a well-meaning employee who's brought pole dancing into the workplace and been called into a meeting to justify myself. You choose the workplace, so it can be a school if you like, and we then see if I can convince Lulu that introducing pole dancing was a good idea. Which workplace will you choose? I think I'm going to change, and based on Lulu's comment about the hygiene, I'm going to say somewhere like a cafe. A cafe? Yeah. All right. But like in full swing, like average cafe, greasy spoon. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Might be difficult to pole dance if it's too greasy. But. Is, it, <laughs> is, it middle of, is it middle of the day or kind of what are we talking, lunchtime? Yeah, rush? peak lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. And I'm playing the role of your boss. Yes. Okay, my name is Mr. Bastard. <laughs> and my name's Shan. And listen, I think you've been really unfair calling me into this meeting to justify the pole dancing because I think it was a beautiful idea. Why should we have pole dancing when people are eating their sausages and other foods? Because we want to instill the idea of sausages being pleasurable into people's heads. So honestly, I thought what Matilda did with all the grinding up and down the pole was really kind of like sausage relevant material. Also, people could not take their eyes off Matilda. So they weren't looking at us hiking up the prices on the menu. We made like an extra 45p. Like that's really, really impressive. What about when people want to get to the till and the pole's in the way, you bitch? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm calling HR. Character. <laughs> I'm playing a misogynist. I think the fact that people had to weave round Matilda um, as a cardio exercise made them more hungry, so then more inclined to buy the vegan sausage roll that we've upsold an extra 60 pence, just on the basis of this. Okay, you're talking capitalism, which is a language I, Mr. Bastard, could understand. But what about all the bits of skin that are all over the pole? It's not safe for work. But it is a condiment. We can call it a condiment. We're not a vegetarian cafe, despite me trying to bring in an understanding of this to work every day. Why are we pushing the vegan sausage roll so hard then? Our branding is all over the shop. (laughs) Our branding is all over the shop because we haven't got it in an allocated flyer or anything. I've just had to blue tack it to the walls, which Matilda was pointing to in various positions. A straddle, she was pointing to it. We got her up to the top of the pole so she could indicate our menu, which was on the ceiling, which I always thought was a strange place to put the goods list but you insisted Mr Bastard and I'm just trying to do my job really well but what about our regular Mrs Pig she she's 94 she doesn't want to see that Mrs Pig has seen all sorts Mr Bastard well you've convinced me (laughs) I love it is she hired who the pig Mrs Pig Oh, Matilda. Matilda. Matilda, yes. I have one condition. We also start selling the Bang Bang Weasel, the children's toy that's leaping off the shelves. (laughs) I will accept your terms, Mr. Bastard. Lucy, did I convince her? I think you did an amazing job. That was beautiful. Yay! Yay! What did you think of Mr. Bastard? Is he a character that I should develop, perhaps? Oh, yeah, definitely. Great. I think he has a nice, he can have a nice character arc, you know. Begin as Mr. Bastard and then, you know, intermediate Mr. Bastard. Advanced Mr. Bastard. Bastard on the pole. I'm seeing this happen. Um. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mr. Mr. Bastard falls in love with Pole. That would be. I'd love it. And then he and Mrs. Pig <laughs> start a groundbreaking doubles routine in the cafe. Mr. and Mrs. Pig Bastard. <laughs> they uh, they marry and combine their names. <laughs> it sells so many vegan sausage rolls that no one's buying because it's not a dedicated vegetarian establishment. <laughs> I, do you know what? The one bit I found it hard to get past was the condiment skin. I felt like, <laughs> do you know what? I don't want to play in that space. I'll let you put that out there. I'm not going to, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to yes and it because it's horrid. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. I think tartar sauce is <clears throat> horrid. I would go skin over tartar sauce. Uh, that's wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. So you were talking uh, about the absent body before. Could you just uh, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, it's a philosophical idea where 
it kind of explores the the sense that parts of the body are much more uh, reachable by the consciousness almost than other parts of the body. So how you bring certain parts to the fore can affect how you feel within your body and about your body. And it can bring a real sense of novelty in your experience of uh, yourself as an embodied being. So in pole, for example, there's a lot of use of like the tops of your feet and your ankles in a way that you would never really use those parts of your body in normal life. The same in your armpits and in like the little like nooks and crooks of your body. I felt and I felt like when I was analyzing people's responses and my own embodied experience of pole that it brought a real sense of newness and new understanding of your body because you're experiencing pain and therefore bringing to the surface absent typically absent aspects of your body through the pain experienced in pole and so it makes you think about what it is to be an embodied person in these ways in really new ways because you're experiencing it in a totally different way. Pole is not something that typically people have experienced anything like before they do it because it's so, you know, you're kind of like moving vertically and horizontally. You're using all these parts of the body that you wouldn't normally use. Um, And it's a very new experience for people. And I think that can promote uh, psychological and emotional newness and I think for me I felt like that was the real key in how people were able to undo old narratives about themselves and societal narratives um, because they were experiencing this newness and bringing through kind of pain and play bringing forward aspects of the self that were normally dormant Amazing. That's so interesting. <laughs> kind of just want to read your dissertation. Yeah. It's fascinating. I think you can. <laughs> it actually, of all the guests we've had, this is, that makes me want to really? poll the most. Yeah. It's, I'm sold. Yay. I mean, this might be way too, like, you know, serious. But since doing poll, I have stopped self-harming because the feeling of, like, the, the good pain constructive pain exactly has like made me feel a lot more yeah connected with my body and a lot more like I can process negative feelings through that like positive Mm. happy pain and yeah productive pain rather than I like the the idea of pain is like creative rather than destructive Mm. that's that's so nice Mm. so is that an old narrative in a way that has changed in your experience yeah I think definitely yeah Mm. definitely The aim of this podcast is to find out if pole dancing can solve all of our problems, and we've already got pretty far. But before we wrap up, let's see if Lucy can work out how pole dancing can solve the other problems in me and Lulu's awful little lives. (laughs) Lulu. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Lulu, are you having any problems at the moment? I am, actually. Um quite a, a fair many of them um one that is troubling me right now is that I, i'm getting a lot of spiders in my flat and i don't want to kill the spiders but i also i i want them gone but i don't want to interact with them in any way that involves me like putting paper under them or whatever like how do i make them not be there please i think that sounds like a fairly easy one to fix with pole yeah yeah, smack, definitely. Smack it with a pole. No, no, you said you don't want to kill it. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't mind wounding it a little. That's, that's horrible. No, I, I'm Sorry, I take that back. very pro, pro not whacking the spider in any way. I think 
a gentle wind current that is created when you like fly around the pole would just be enough to get them to scurry away and not come near you. So okay. if you did enough pole, you would create a good like a limb waft. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, wafting it with my limbs. Yeah, oh limb. I thought it was a German word. <laughs> limb waft. It's not like Luftwaffe. <laughs> no, yeah, I think no. I was very clear. A limb waft. <laughs> We all know what that means. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that would be the way, easy way. You could also create like tunnels for the spiders to go through with the poles. Oh no, they're not they're not really hollow though, are they? Mm. I think that the Lulu turning herself into a wind turbine mm. to coast the spider out of the building is gentle, mm. gentle and fun because yeah. spinning around the pole is very fun. My question is, Lucy, what's the worst thing about people and how do we solve it with pole dancing? Ooh. The worst thing about people, it's very difficult. I think the worst thing about people is, or the worst thing, the thing that I hate most about people is like anger and what it can drive people to do. And I think, yeah, pole, going back to what we were talking about earlier with the pain, it's such a good outlet. And I think if we made everyone do a little bit of mandatory pole, they would, you know, experience that like raw, burning, delicious feeling that mm. would help ease some of their anger and like make their soul a bit more open. By removing a few layers of skin. Exactly, the angry layers of skin. <laughs> That's where the anger lives. Exactly. In the skin surface, you need to get rid <laughs> of it. The epidermis. Mm. And that's been pole dancing dermatology. <laughs> Is anger in the skin? Oh yeah, definitely. I can 100% attest to that. I know lots about the skin and that's where the anger lives. <laughs> My mum is a dermatologist, so... But thankfully she won't be listening to this. So it's fine. <laughs> I would say we can peer review this yeah. if she wants to have yeah, a look. Yeah, that would be get great. BMJ. <laughs> Lucy, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and have you on the show. Do you have any final words about pole dancing to share? Oh... I think, yeah, it, whether it's messy or graceful um, or dirty or whatever you want it to be, um, everyone should try it because it is so wonderful. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, it's been absolutely banging having you on. Um, <laughs> bang, bang, weaseling, banging. <laughs> Please sponsor the show. <laughs> The other one was created by me, Shandoxy, co-hosted with Lulu Popplewell, edited by Alice Rosenthal, with original music by Amelia Baylor. Follow us on Instagram at PollTheOtherOne, and please tag us if this episode has got you started pole dancing or doing things to a lamppost that are generally frowned upon. We love to create art, but we'll settle on all of you becoming a menace to society. If you'd like to help us keep making the show, you can support us on Patreon. The link to that is on all of our episodes or through the link in our Instagram bio. We're going to start having bonus content on there, including longer episodes, as we get further into Series 2. That's not available yet, so at the moment, supporting our Patreon just makes you into a, capital letters, cool guy of any gender. Which is worth, like, a pound a month, maybe? I think so. Anyway, stay posted for news about that. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time. Pull, pull, pull